Welcome to Conversations with Pussy. This is a podcast designed to empower you as a woman to rediscover your innate magic, sensuality, sexuality, and deep feminine power. I'm your host, Grace Hazel, and I'm a women's empowerment guide. Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of the Conversations with Pussy podcast. Earlier on today, I caught up with Vicky Williams, who's a dear friend of mine, and we talked all about her own direct experience journeying through and healing a condition called endometriosis. We also finish off with a really, really juicy chat around um, women's hormones and how to follow your hormonal cycle, um, almost like the seasons, to find more flow and grace and ease within your life. For those of you who are listening, um, this is Vicky Williams we're talking to, and I'd like to just give you a little background about how Vicky and I know each other. And I I think actually our first, I was going to say correspondence, it sounds so, um, so professional, but <laughs> we had this professional correspondence over Instagram and we ended up just chatting a little bit over Instagram, but then realised that we both at the time worked really, really close to each other in London. So we ended up going for a lunch together. It was like this hour lunch break. And mm-hmm. as soon as we sat down, I remember just sitting down with you on this this grass in this, t- this church green. And it was like glorious sun. And it was all just like really shiny. And it took us about, I don't know, two minutes of chatting <laughs> to be talking about wombs and vaginas, basically. <laughs> and we basically haven't shut up about it since. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've had a conversation out of the out of the line of wombs and femininity and yeah, vaginas since we've met each other. So <laughs> basically perfect friend alert. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And the the reason that I've got Vicky onto the podcast, apart from being awesome, is because mm-hmm. when we started sharing our stories um, about our journey and why we were so into wombs and obviously me being so into pussy, I I shared with Vicky about um, having or had been on the journey of healing vulvodynia. And if you don't know my story or my journey with vulvodynia please do do just pop on to um the first episode of the conversations with pussy podcast um but as i was talking about the vulvodynia journey that i've been on vicky then shared with me um that she had been on a a huge feminine journey too with endometriosis and this is again why I'm so excited to speak to Vicky about endo because just like me she's been really really like looking inside of herself and taking her healing outside of western medicine and she's doing so many amazing empowering things for um, just raising awareness for endometriosis so what I would firstly like to do for those who are listening who are like endo what I would like for you please Vicky just to explain what endometriosis is please absolutely and it's so funny you should use that term endo what because that's exactly how I refer to it when the doctor told me you know I've been waiting for 10 years to hear something and as soon as they said endometriosis that was exactly my response endo what (laughs) (laughs) thought that one in 10 women suffer with endometriosis and still to this day for people to not understand what it is is yeah it's quite shocking the the little research that's that kind of in in women's health and not just endometriosis but you know I know you've had the same with vulvodynia and across lots of different gynecological disorders um Mm, yeah with vulvodynia one in six women who have it wow 
there's just so little information on it that it's just not picked up. And I think it's six. Um, you have to see over six doctors, different doctors, on average until you're diagnosed. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And not to be male bashing here at all, but you can guarantee if this if these conditions affected men, there would have been a lot more research into them. And I know that's growing. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that that we're still, you know, that lots of the time it's just considered, oh, it's just a bad period. Get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and endometriosis is so much more than that. So endometriosis um, is where the lining of your womb, um, so the lining of your uterus, grows outside of the pelvis. So it grows onto organs like your ovaries, your bladder, your bowel. It's even been found in ladies' lungs and even on the brain as well. Yeah, so there's, it's not just contained to your pelvis. It can travel lots of different places. And what happens is that, so the lining of your uterus every month, um, if you're in your um, menstrual years, will thicken um, because of hormones produced in the body. And when certain other hormones are released, that's what kind of uh, causes your period. So the lining of your womb sheds, and that essentially is your monthly bleed. What happens is the lining that's found outside of your pelvis, so on your kind of major organs, every time that throughout the month that the lining is thickening, it's also thickening in those different areas. Mm. And when our hormones are released, instead of kind of having this bleed, there's nowhere for the blood inside of, well, you know, inside of your body to be released. So what this does is it causes huge cysts on your ovaries. It can cause adhesions, which are really painful, kind of uh, almost like scar tissue within the body, Um, really chronic pain. Um, And it's not just around your menstrual cycle, but you can have chronic pain at any time in the month with endometriosis. It causes really heavy, irregular periods, huge clots. Um, Often, um, ladies with endometriosis, you'll notice that there's lots of um, almost like a dark brownie blood. And what that blood symbolizes is that there's stagnation within the body. So, you know, there's not that kind of like red, deep red blood because that, that it's old blood. In China, uh, Chinese people don't have a word for endometriosis, um, but instead the disease is known as stagnation of the liver. And our liver is really responsible for um, uh, detoxifying excess hormones within the body, like estrogen, which causes kind of the endometriosis to grow. Um, and there's, there's a whole range of other symptoms uh, with endometriosis, like fatigue so it's kind of an autoimmune disorder so feeling really tired and just drained especially when you're on your period and also painful sex painful bowel movements um pressure on the bladder there's there's so many different elements of this of this disease and and that's why it's it's quite hard to diagnose it as well because so many of i i remember for god i was going back and forth to the doctors for 10 years and you know I was put on so many kind of painkillers um so many hormones to kind of suppress my periods and and I hated my periods like the thought of someone which I always tell people now and I'm like you know encouraging people to work with their periods I get it if someone had said that to me um, in those 10 years I definitely would have told them where to go because I hated my period I really did I you know I dreaded it month on month and and to be honest, just wished it wasn't there. And for five years, I didn't have a period. I was on the coil and yeah, completely just suppressed it. Um, so let's go into that a little. Mm-hmm. You just said that you went on the coil and it suppressed it. But I'd like to tap into the beginning of your journey with, with endo. And mm-hmm. when was it that you realized that something wasn't quite right and what were the symptoms that were showing up for you yeah so ever since kind of my um set of menarche so my first menstrual experience so I remember being 11 
and I was on a family holiday caravanning with my mum, dad and my brother around Europe. And I just kept fainting constantly after the other. And so I had to go to hospital and the doctors said to my parents, you know, we think it's the onset of, of your daughter's period. And my mum and dad were kind of like, no, 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 it's, she's, she's not ready for that yet. Kind of like trying to keep me in this like womb of the family rather than be kind of, you know, ready to step into my feminine. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of the start of it for me. And it just got worse and worse and worse. So through the 10 years, kind of up until I was diagnosed, I suffered with super debilitating periods. I was, you know, off school every month for a week, pretty much. I couldn't get out of bed. From 11 years old, you were off school. Absolutely. So I guess that was like a monthly event, a a week off. Exactly. And for so so much of that, I would lose so much blood. Like it was ridiculous. Um, And, you know, having that first, my first period, staying in a caravan with my mum, dad and brother. Oh, my God. There was just, I just thought my period was a burden on me. And I was so embarrassed. And, you know, I actually um, had an iron deficiency because I used to lose so much blood throughout my period. Um, The endometriosis itself and and actually fainting is a common kind of side effect of endometriosis. So which I, I didn't really know until last year. So that was so much sense that that started you know, as I was 11. Right. And um, the auto kind of immune deficiency, I would be ill constantly. So I'd have tonsillitis like eight times a year. And and there's all these things now that make so much sense why that happened. But during the time I was like, God, I'm just ill constantly or I'm in bed constantly. And so many times, you know, I was on lots of different um, kind of hormonal pills to kind of uh, keep my periods like trying to regulate them, I guess. And I was also on, um, yeah, lots of different painkillers. Every time I would go to the doctors, it would be like, oh, it's IBS, it's just your period. And the constant message was basically just get on with it. And it wasn't until 2012 where I was in the doctor's surgery and I just couldn't take it anymore. I literally felt as if someone had a hammer and they were thudding against my pelvis like it just felt like my pelvis was about to break like the pain that I was in and almost as if someone like every time I wanted to go to the toilet it was like someone had a knife and they were like almost like ripping down the hole of my bowel and I was just like refused to leave I was like this is not right you know it, it's not a bad period like I was getting the pain all throughout the month and that's when they first kind of said about endometriosis. And my response was like, and no, what? <laughs> oh. um, had no idea about it. And then the next steps from that was um, different Sorry, scans. What, what I think you've already said, but just so mm-hmm. I, I didn't quite catch. What age were you when they finally said from 11 years mm-hmm. old, you know, of experiencing all of this, what age were you when they said, oh, it's endometriosis? So the first time I'd heard the word endometriosis was when I was 21. Wow. So 10 years later. And that's after me doing all of my own research on the internet, you know, talking to lots of different people, going to back and forth to doctors in um, Wales, London, like Malaysia, Spain, like wherever I went on holiday, I'd, you know, if I had like a flare up, which I didn't know was a flare up then, I'd be rushed into hospital and they do different tests and things because it, it was so bad. Um, even to the point where <laughs> some of the Malaysian doctors were like, oh, you know, so many times I've been asked about, you know, when was the last time you had sex? You know, was it protected? You know, could it be a sexually trans- um, uh, sexually transmitted disease? And, and it got to the point where I was like, I haven't had sex since the last time I've been here. It can't be that. And it's just, it, it's horrible having to go through that constantly. Um, the consistent, because so yeah. uh, I've had a similar experience with um, the vulvodynia stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we'll do another test of your urine. We'll, we'll check that you haven't got an STI again. And it's like, you've literally looked at my vagina about a hundred times and done the same test over and over and over. Oh, again. I know. Nothing's changed since then. And 
so it won't have changed again. <laughs> and oh. like that thing of, yeah, where, as a woman being asked, are you pregnant? Or have you got an STI? It's like, oh, it's like, that's quite a big question to be continuously asked too. Absolutely. And you feel constantly judged when you haven't done anything, mm. you know, and you're, you're trying to get to the bottom of it as well. And to have those questions is just, yeah, especially when you're in, in kind of a vulnerable place, just isn't a nice thing at all. Um, but come 2012, they, yeah, the endometriosis word was, came into my existence and awareness and lots of different scans. But the thing is of endometriosis, scans will give a certain inclination because maybe of the cysts, um, but endometriosis you can't really get diagnosed until you have uh, surgery so a laparoscopy so I had that later on in the year and it was confirmed that I did have endometriosis so and just they... for the people who are listening mm-hmm. I know what that is I was about to repeat <laughs> the word and I was like I'm I know that I'm not going to get that right but I know quite a lot of people who um unfortunately have had to have that operation so mm-hmm. you can just explain to the people listening what that is and what it involves absolutely so a laparoscopy is where you're put under general anesthetic and it's roughly kind of a, between about two hours and four hours operation and what they do is they cut a little insertion in your belly button and then two kind of just either side of your pelvis almost so just above on your bikini line and what that allows them to do is have a camera inside and then also kind of um kind of cut away draining any cysts or kind of removing any of the endometriosis um for them to do that wow so super invasive yeah it really is and yeah it's kind of very quite traumatic because you know any I think any operation or you know any even any scan and it, it's you know it's intrusive in the body and so it, it does leave trauma which is something that I've worked a lot with my with my own body and and now work a lot with the clients um yeah, yeah and just to um to add to that part like the trauma of these operations and um on my previous podcast uh, about yoni dearmoring and I, I mentioned it's like the body keeps a score, mm-hmm. especially of all of the traumatic events that it's been been through. And so, of course, if you're going through, um, I'm going to try and say it, lapos- laparoscopy. <laughs> okay, that thing. <laughs> um, again and again, your body's going to build up this thing around of, of trauma. Um, in addition to having the endometriosis. Absolutely. And that's, for me, kind of um, brought me to further decisions later down the line, especially after my second operation that I had in 2015, because as they went in, um, they found out that I had cysts the size of tennis balls on each ovary. And my ovaries are kissing sounds like such a beautiful thing but it's really not (laughs) yeah so kissing ovaries um they're stuck together they're stuck to the back of my uterus my uterus is stuck to my bladder um my uterus is stuck to my bowel um and I've got such severe adhesions on my bowel that it kind of wasn't functioning as it should have been and that was just a knock-on effect then. A year later, I had a slight bowel obstruction, which meant I couldn't go to the toilet for like a week and a half, and oh which was gosh. ridiculously painful. Um, and then following that as well, it was like my body was like, right, we're trying to get your attention here, and we're not going to stop until we do. Um, and it was in 2017, the beginning of the year, that I had my worst end of ever. And I honestly, like with... I went out for lunch with a friend and um, walking back to the office started to get a little bit of cramps. So I literally had all my like my routine kind of like endo kit and work. So hot water bottle kind of, you know, um, really like hot ginger lemon teas and tried everything kind of like lots of oils on my tummy. And within 20 minutes, I just I literally got up and was like to my boss, I've got to go. Was waiting for my Uber outside. By the time I got in the Uber, 
I was in so much agony. I, I can't even explain. Like I just oh. felt like I was going to die. And almost to the point where the Uber driver basically had to help me up into my flat because I couldn't walk. Wow. And then I got rushed to hospital. Um, so I got admitted into the hospital. I was there for about two or three nights. And the only thing I'd always been against, I was on the coil, but I'd always been against kind of any other intervention in terms of hormones and playing with my ovaries and because I as much as possible wanted to do things naturally and I was in so much pain I agreed to Zolodex and Zolodex is a post-menopausal treatment which basically freezes your ovaries so you're not producing any hormones and it basically just gives your body a break from the endometriosis and it's a bit of a run and joke in my family, actually, that I beat my mum to menopause. <laughs> so every time she's going on about the symptoms now, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, been there, yep, I, I can relate. <laughs> so did so, you, through taking this medication that they gave you, go into, like you said, it's like an early menopause. Did you get the, yeah. the symptoms or oh, I I got what the happens to you when you go through yeah. a menopause as an older woman? I got the hot flushes, I couldn't think, I felt dizzy, faint all the time. And it was basically just swapping a set of symptoms for another set. And to be honest, I would actually much rather have the endometriosis symptoms because, you know, it's no quality of life to constantly, you know, like I I kind of suffer with um, low blood pressure anyway. So to constantly feel like out and about that I was going to faint or felt dizzy and you know, it, it made me so anxious. So it wasn't, you know, it still wasn't a quality of life. And I actually said to them before they put in, I was like, I only want you to put it in if I can take it out straight away, if I don't like it. And the doctor who put it in said, yep, it's just an injection that goes into your stomach. You can take it out at any point. And after about two weeks, I was like, I sod this, like, I'm not doing this anymore. And went to get it taken out and they were like oh no it's a three-month injection you have to keep it in your tummy with and I was I was so angry because I specifically like said to the doctor you know I'm not having it unless I can take it out because I'm you know as we are as women we're, we're so sensitive and kind of susceptible to you know synthetic kind of hormonal treatments within our body and to eventually it ended up that it was just a month one and it dissolved and I would never, ever have that again. <laughs> um, wow. But there's, there's some people with endometriosis that actually that's the only way that it suppresses their, their pain. And there's women that are on this, um, on Zolodex, you know, constantly. But what happens is it, it can, can really affect um, the estrogen levels within your body. So too much estrogen kind of like grows the endometriosis but we need a level of estrogen for you know our bones and the stability of our kind of like joints and things so actually it 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 can cause damage that way so these ladies have to be on hormone replacement therapy for the rest of their lives and you know it's not an easy thing as to say have this treatment and it'll solve it it causes such a knock-on effect with things so of course and mm -hmm. it's it's the same with um just looking at when the the kind of drugs that you get put on for vulvodynia Mm -hmm. you you have one issue let's say in this case it's endometriosis or or vulvodynia and so then there's this range of treatments and let's say pharmaceutical drugs which essentially they've got that can really just cover up or um, organize the body in in some way so the symptoms Mm -hmm. aren't so strong yet alongside of that kind of alleviation let's say of the symptoms you get a whole new set of symptoms and it's like that's not the that's not the cure that's not the healing that absolutely it's not one thing have one thing and not have the other or vice versa it's like how can we actually fully um just from the root heal this and Mm -hmm. I I wanted to actually as you were just saying about this, um, this injection that you had, I wanted to just 
it, it just brought to mind the, the type of pain that we're talking about in endometriosis. And I think perhaps, Vicky, you may know a bit more about this than me or have, may have followed her story um, a little bit more than mine, but I'm a huge fan of Lena Dunham and yeah. she's been talking about her endometriosis um, story for a long time. And I think it was perhaps like a month or so ago, her pain was so big that she mm -hmm. ran into the hospital and she was like, fuck this. You have to remove my womb. I'm serious. Yeah. And they ended up um, giving her a, a hysterectomy. It's hysterectomy, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's, she's literally had her, her, her womb removed because she just, she was like, you know what? I choose not to have my womb. So I don't have to live in this type of pain anymore. Yeah. And it is, it's so debilitating. And the worst thing about it is that it's such an invisible condition. So women with it from the outside will probably look fine. And, but the inside, it, it feels like you're dying. It's, it's the most painful thing. I, I just can't, you can't even put kind of like words into it. It's just, you know, and for people to then say to you, oh, it's just a bad, bad period, get on with it. It's so much more than that. And, you know, I really feel for people that especially are in working environments surrounded by men because this, you can't even quantify it, like the pain. Like I, so many times when I've had a flare up, I've literally been rolled in a ball and I've been so scared to move because I've got to a point where the pain is just like bearable and then you move again and it feels like this like thunder and lightning that's like happening inside of you. And to go back to Lena Dunham's, um, you know, we're really, like it's incredible that there's growing awareness of women's health, but, you know, we're treating it too late. Like we need to get into schools and, you know, raise awareness then because it, it's too late when we get into kind of our late 20s and 30s and we, we need to start addressing it at such a young age. And that's um, what you're doing, right? You're going into, just explain a little bit about the the recent project that you were working mm -hmm. on um, with getting in, getting this kind of information into schools. So to educate, you know, young women who are just mm -hmm. coming into um, getting into their periods. You called it, is it menarche? That's right. Menarche, yeah. Menarche, right. Um, and menarche is like the coming of age, right, when you start your period. So getting children. Absolutely who I mean I remember being in primary school and one of my close friends who um I guess she would have been like 10 maybe younger mm -hmm. came into menarche and I remember like being like wow that's so early but getting them like children actual children you know who are mm -hmm. turning into women at a young age and educating them is so important so yeah if you can say a little bit about that work that you've been doing yeah absolutely so endometriosis uk launched a campaign um this year called what i wish i learned and it's a campaign to get um kind of menstrual cycle awareness into schools so you know during those years um where um menarche is kind of like the years of kind of stepping into your your feminine power you know that's that's the time of your first period that you step into kind of you're moving away from the womb of the family and you're stepping into your calling you're stepping into your power and in schools what the the campaign is really trying to kind of push government to do is one so girls understand the different changes that they're going that's happening throughout the month so you know, what the hormone levels kind of, you know, the ebbs and flows and what that means, you know, how that's kind of um, relating to the body. So how it can affect your energy levels. And it's understanding more around, you know, how we can work with our period, you know, what's, what is normal, because period pain isn't normal. We're taught that from such a young age. And, and to be honest, part of me when I was going back and forth to the doctors for 10 years, I I, I felt guilty because I was like, oh God, should I just be getting on with this pain? Like, am I being a hypochondriac? And, and so this campaign is to teach girls like, no, that isn't right. You know, are you experiencing these other symptoms? Could it be endometriosis? Could it be vulvodynia? 
could it be polycystic ovary syndrome could it be fibroids and and it's so powerful to give girls this awareness of it so they can be empowered to say no this isn't right you know I'm I know my body and I'm going to do something about it from an early age and and that's what I think is key instead of waiting years down the line when the damage is done and you don't know how far things have spread and you know I think uh, it's so so powerful to be able to have that information as a young girl absolutely once you've it's like knowledge just gives children girls the power literally knowledge Mm -hmm. is power in this instance to be able to change perhaps the what 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 would have happened in their lives had they not had that information you know going absolutely like you did that that 10 years of being completely confused and in pain and not knowing why you were in pain and all, Mm -hmm. all of what you've explained it's like by, by reaching out to, to younger girls, to young girls in schools to give this information, like saving like a massive part of their life. Like you are actually mm-hmm. saving girls' lives. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's not just kind of uh, like a, a physical condition. Like endometriosis has actually been proven to reprogram the brain for anxiety and depression. So there's a huge host of emotional symptoms that come with it as well. You know, so you're not only missing out on school and, and work for me, kind of, um, you know, missing those key years of learning and also, you know, growing and developing. Um, but you're also missing on so many social activities. You know, it can cause I've had so many relationships where my, my partners just haven't understood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can create so much conflict, you know, even with family where family they they want to help but they can't and they don't understand and you know so if we're if we're giving girls the tools to be able to you know work through their periods and and it's about kind of owning our periods as well because I really do think that suppressing our periods like it's the most natural thing you know it's almost as a bit of saying oh you know like don't show anyone you're breathing because you know like it's something that happens inside of the body like what's the difference of that you know to a period like it it's the most natural thing in this world and actually we're all here because of a period mm-hmm. because if our parents didn't our, our mothers didn't have a period we wouldn't be here so why are we frowning upon and trying to hide something that actually is so sacred absolutely and like I completely just want to repeat what you just said it's like our breathing cycle being so natural we would never try to suppress that so why try to mm-hmm. suppress the the natural rhythm of a, a woman's um hormonal flow it's just like it, it seems completely backwards and mm-hmm. this kind of leads us to to talk about actually more I don't, I'm going to say the word holistic just because I'm, I'm saying it. <laughs> what would you say is the more natural tools that you would have used and do still use to help with the healing of your um, endometriosis? And I want to say it as your, because that actually, I think it's sometimes negative to say this is mine, but the experience of endometriosis mm-hmm. for you, how do you what tools are you using currently and and what tools have you learned Mm -hmm. over the years to take it away from being on the coil, to take it away from not having those Mm -hmm. uh, hormonal injections? What would be your advice and your experience? So with endometriosis and I think any um, kind of uh, pelvic condition, I always talk to my clients about it being kind of this unique and constant dance between things. So there isn't one way and actually holding uh, endo sister circles, you realize that what works for one sister would have kind of made things worse for another. So, you know, as much as there's lots of information out there and there is, and sometimes it can be so overwhelming and you're kind of like, where do I start first? And my greatest piece of advice is actually see what you're attracted to, see what kind of keeps coming up, what, what do you keep hearing, and try that first. And that's, that's the kind of method that I went down. So, 
over the years, like that's basically how I got into yoga, how I got into Reiki um, and meditation, because they were all things that came to me in my life to help me with endometriosis and, and the anxiety that it caused. And so through kind of, and I've completely changed my yoga practice actually over the years. And, you know, I was someone that was very much into this like vinyasa practice. Like I loved flowing and, you know, challenging my body and it just wasn't working for my endometriosis whatsoever. So now pretty much I spend most of my self-practice in yin postures, mm-hmm. restorative postures. I, this year did my womb yoga teacher training. So, and lots of it is about tapping in and honoring kind of the natural cycles within our body. So, you know, tapping into our, our sacred seat of power within our womb, our yoni space, and also encouraging this, ensuring that this source vitality is connected to our kind of our, our loving nature of the heart as well. So to make sure that the energies are, are moving inside of us. Um, so that's been a huge part. Um, obviously Reiki kind of helps with that free flow of energy within the body, which is, and I wake up most mornings with my hands on my belly. Mm-hmm. They'll just naturally gravitate towards kind of my womb space um, throughout that night. Um, Yoga Nidra has been a huge part of my my kind of self-discovery with with endometriosis and and rest is so radical you know when we live in a world surrounded by people pushing us to do more and actually not even people pushing us it's this energy that you know we feel guilty ourselves and rest is it's so needed that nourishment is so needed um I've also tried things like acupuncture shamanic healing um reflexology um oh god there's been a whole host of stuff as well as completely changing my diet you know limiting myself to environmental toxins i know that's quite difficult but especially living in london um london's just like a toxic absolutely and even reducing my stress so at the beginning of the year i left kind of my corporate career and i just got to the point where I I couldn't cope within um, the corporate environment anymore because especially working in digital in the film industry, like the film industry is short and sharp bursts of activity. So I would push myself and push myself to get a project done. And then I was always ill afterwards. So it was like this yo-yo constantly. So more and more. And like bring up the fact that you decided actually to quit your corporate job to change your life. Based around, you know, like being really, first of all, at service to yourself, but also for the service of of other women who are experiencing a similar thing. And I, I just have like the complete so much respect for you because, of course, oh, when you're in you. a corporate job like that, it's like you're well paid, and you know, mm-hmm. you, you have like this different. It's a, a quality of life which equals to like more financial abundance I guess let's say in like a very traditional sense in comparison to you know you having to um I don't know move from that to being like I fully trust that if I listen to my body I know that my body needs more rest and self-love and care and Mm -hmm. less of that you know crazy masculine energy um short sharp intense periods of work which would end up giving you that that pain to be able to walk away from that and create a new life like I think that's radical and I think actually it's another part of this healing journey for for all people not just people that have endometriosis if something in your life is is making you sick then Mm -hmm. no matter what I think that it's just like absolutely necessary to take a look at that thing and work out how you can change it and changing it in a way that it's like well how can I now flip my life from that into something positive which is so what you're doing now absolutely and at the end of the day our biography becomes our biology Mm. so whatever we're working you know whatever our story is whatever we tell ourselves that manifests itself in the body and that's one of the things I knew working in a corporate environment wasn't right for me. And don't get me wrong. I had no idea how this was going to pan out. And 
you know, even now I still get moments and I'm kind of like, crap. And, you know, and that the vulnerability comes up. But actually one thing that really helped me was working with my menstrual cycle mm. because each month our menstrual cycle is, it keeps us on purpose and, you know, it allows our, our calling to work through us. So the more we kind of listen to that and we honor the cycles of that, like we were just talking before this call actually about how, you know, life is almost like this spiral. So, and that's how I see kind of our calling working through us. So we're not going in a straight line, but our cycle is this like half of it is lightness, half of it is darkness. And we're constantly, we're, you know, we're moving up but we might not necessarily be aware of it because, you know, it's constantly this death and rebirth throughout the month. So, um, and I actually work with my cycle in terms of seasons, which I know is kind of gaining lots of popularity now, but for, for people listening to this, that, that haven't heard of that, it's throughout the months as women, our energy isn't linear, but our energy kind of ebbs and flows with our hormones and, it ebbs and flows in these different phases, which can be seen as um, seasons. So every month we go through winter, spring, summer, and autumn. And in our winter phase, that's when we're menstruating. That's our bleed time. And it's this is the time of kind of that sacred rest and nourishment. Um, it's a time where we get lots of visions and epiphanies, lots of wisdom coming through. And, and we need that time to rest and nourish for that information to flow through us. Um, it's a time when our left and right brain are most in um, communication with each other. So lots of inspiration can come through if we allow it to. And women, you'll know lots about this, I'm sure, about red tents back in kind of shamanic cultures and tribal cultures. It was a time where women as you know, we all sync if we're kind of working together or living together. The age old amazingness of women. How we Absolutely. These women would all bleed together under a dark moon and they would go into red tents as they were known and they would bleed into the earth. And it was this time where all these epiphanies and visions and intuitive wisdom would flow through. And actually the whole tribe would hold this time as sacred because based on the visions of the women, they'd use that to lead the tribe forward and kind of evolve and grow the tribe. So men and women saw how profound this time of the month was. And resting in this period then allows us to kind of feel nourished, come into springtime. And inner spring is this movement from the yin energy of winter to the yang energy. So our hormones begin to rise, especially estrogen and testosterone. And with that, we become a lot clearer. We're more wide-eyed. We're open to opportunities. We're so clear and purposeful that this is the time that we can plan the rest of our month because we can kind of, it's like that planner organization woman within us kind of comes out. And as we kind of continue to kind of build that and we are taking the ideas that have all happened within winter and we start plotting them. You know, we start kind of breaking them down and, and actually thinking of how we can action them. And as our hormones begin to rise, estrogen, testosterone and progesterone now, we enter into inner summer. And this is our time of ovulation. So our most fertile time. And it's not just of creating babies, but it's also, you know, we're pregnant with life of creative ideas, projects. You know, we're kind of we've got this huge creative sexual energy. We're super desirable because our transmitters are kind of looking for that life partner around us. So in work or even with family or friends, if you ever want a yes to a question, this is the time to ask it because people really do find us so irresistible um, <laughs> during this period. I know it's incredible, isn't it? So um, but yeah, we're full bloom, you know, we're our most creative and that's when we action everything. And actually this is, um, I was talking to a friend about this earlier this morning that, um, a research released, I think it was maybe two years ago now that, that compared women on the pill to women who had natural cycles and during ovulation period, our sense of smell is really heightened and it's heightened so much that we can sniff out our life partner. And 
it, but if we're on kind of synthetic hormones, then that's suppressed. So what the research actually concluded was that when um, women come off um, hormonal contraception, they're actually a large percentage and their relationships because that man is not right for them that they're not kind of yes (laughs) I and I I'm just like I'm grinning from like ear to ear (laughs) I I read that in I think it's actually in Naomi Wolf's vagina and I don't think it's scientifically her information but she definitely um, Uh spoke about that's on my reading list so yeah thing yeah and um it's like it's so crazy because it's like going on the pill then kind of dulls down our ability to be in tune with actually our real essence so absolutely by it it just blows my mind that scientifically that can be proven that coming on Mm -hmm. the pill we we again align with um I guess in this case our sense of smell our true sense of smell and it's like those pheromones if our partner is not Mm -hmm. matching um the pheromones or the pheromones that we wish to um smell out then of course it's like this you repel them or they you know you're repelled by them um yeah just it's it just I wanted to just say yes 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 it's amazing isn't it you know we're attracted to our partners based on um a hormonal kind of instinct as well as kind of the lessons and growth that needs to occur but to be able to sniff out your life partner is pretty incredible and it just shows you kind of this intricate wisdom that we hold within us and how amazing our bodies are you know well you know we're moving into this digital age where there's lots of robots and obviously there's so much like you know um social drives us forwards and stuff but nothing will ever kind of override this intelligence that runs throughout us mm. um, and I'm just gonna say let's face it you cannot sniff people over tinder can you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> maybe I, maybe I'm... you and I should create an app where you can <laughs> sounds a bit kinky but <laughs> um, create an app where you put your pheromones into the app and you smell it and then swipe oh it. my god <laughs> absolutely and just to go back to the tinder thing i've kind of tried and tested that and it definitely doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> i agree i agree <laughs> oh. and then just to end on kind of the the seasonal kind of cycle then as our so if an egg isn't fertilized within the inner summer phase um then our hormones aren't needed anymore. So our hormones kind of get the signal to kind of relax and and they start to kind of drop. And this is what causes this premenstrual phase that I know through lots of clients and the workshops I do that this is the season that most people find challenging, that most people find they don't feel like their true self within. Because as estrogen begins to withdraw, we, that's when we feel kind of quite sad, anxious and nervous. When testosterone drops, that's when the self-doubt kicks in, a low confidence and progesterone as well. So when that drops, that's the times when we feel quite teary during that period. And it's this shift from going from a yang energy, so the energy of doing and kind of achieving in your creative, sensual summer woman, and we're going into this yin energy. So an energy from doing to being. And it's so difficult. I sometimes have to remind myself, it's okay for me to slow down. And those times where I don't, that's where the frustration and kind of, you know, that irritability happens because I feel guilty that I'm, you know, that I'm being called to slow down, but I might not be ready because, well, consciously, because I, you know, I need to keep things going if that makes sense. So um, this is like the messy stage of ourselves. And, and it's something that, you know, the vulnerabilities come out and vulnerability in this world is, is taught that it's not a good thing, you know, and it's, but it's our return home to our truth, your inner autumn phase. You know, if something isn't sitting right with you, this is the time that you'll, you'll know something's off. So yeah, it's, it's such a powerful cycle. So that's, that's the kind of your autumn, like we see kind of in the outer world, we're harvesting, you know, 
in autumn we we tend to kind of be very detailed orientated we want to complete things we want to finalize things and we're kind of you know before we go into kind of hibernation in winter we want to complete what we've been working on um and it's you know we go back to inner winter then and you know each season gives rise to the next in the outer world and our inner world and it's just so beautiful that this is actually a scientific thing you know like our hormones are real and mm-hmm. the the influxes of our hormones are completely real you know not that any of anything is not you know that you've just said but it's mm-hmm. like if if you're someone who's listening who's a little bit more like science brained you mm-hmm. cannot deny the the ebb and flow of that cycle that lives within you and if you can just make the decision to tune in to learn about where you know Vicky's just explained so eloquently how that works but if if you make it your um your decision to to tune into your own cycle and to honor it in the way that Vicky has explained I just believe that so much can transform within your life and mm-hmm. you know it, it would just it, essentially I believe makes things so much easier absolutely and most of my clients that now follow this kind of like this charting of their cycle don't have period pain anymore even with endometriosis wow which is yeah it it just shows how powerful it is you know because our wombs are being heard you know this I I really do believe and I kind of might be quite controversial in saying this but I really feel like the pain within our wombs and our pelvises are there to get our attention because we've suppressed them for years you know we've been taught to detach ourselves from them and you know they want to be part of us and with my clients especially with endometriosis we work with um kind of readdressing if you think holistically what endometriosis is and the activity of endometriosis it's cells living outside of their womb so it's looking at the environment that we've created within our womb space you know why why do cells want to live outside of there so that's like a big part of of the sessions that I hold with women wow that is and it's it's just so powerful as you said and and I know you said it's controversial but actually um conversations with pussy was born out of literally starting to have those conversations again literally with our pussies and it's the Mm -hmm. same with with endo it's like having a conversation with your womb how Mm -hmm. is it that your womb has been treated up until this point and if your womb is in pain then there's going to be a reason behind that and what is it Mm -hmm. unravel from the the wisdom of your womb speaking up via pain that can allow you to transition into a new phase of your life and essentially allow the pain to filter away. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps as you said all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Massive goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so important, mm-hmm. which is why mm-hmm. I feel it's I'm so honored that you've come and spoken on the podcast because Oh, honestly, the honor is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd just like to say, um, for anyone who's listening Vicky for any of the the listeners who aren't really in tune with their cycle like they know Mm -hmm. that they get their period and you know they probably pop that in the diary or their um or their phone or something in their calendar Mm -hmm. how what would you say is like real kind of simple foundation of tuning Mm -hmm. in with the cycle and starting to align with the wisdom of the hormones and and the um mm-hmm. the seasons in that way I'm glad you just said that as well because I wanted to say um before I kind of answer that question if um for anyone listening that that isn't bleeding based on um because of hormonal treatment or um they may be postmenopausal or simply that that you're not experiencing a menstrual bleed at the moment you can still very much tap into these seasons and it just involves just beginning to chart down. So there's lots of amazing charting documents on the internet. The one that I use is from Red School, which 
is a free resource that you can download from their site. And essentially it looks like a big circle. It's divided into 28 days. So I actually just use the back and create another circle because my cycle is 34 days. And it's just about jotting down a couple of words a day, how you're feeling, you know, if any insights have come to you that day, you know, was it a good day? And you'll actually begin to develop kind of your own um, energy predictor of the month, your own emotional predictor, your physical predictor. And so even if you're not bleeding and you, you kind of, it's not a key indicator as to when your inner winter phase is, you'll still feel that, that energy. So you'll still feel like, oh, I just want to, you know, I want to curl up and my energy is quite inward. You know, I don't really, I don't really want to go out into the world and kind of express myself. And, and even women that no longer have wombs um, due to one um, uh, thing or another, it, this is the power of our womb space is that actually the energetical center of the womb and the energy is still there. So, and I've even got my mum testing this because she's just gone through menopause and um, she kind of has these like ebbs and flows. And so I've actually got her charting kind of these, these seasons and that energy still happens because the energy of life is, it's all about this expansion and then contraction. So if you think about the breath, you know, we breathe in, you know, like, um, kind of, we expand the tummy and the chest and then, you know, we deflate like on this kind of exhale. When we have a period, there's this sense of the body like contracting and holding on to the lining of the womb. And then, you know, it's this release. It's kind of let, let's go. And even having babies, we hold on to the baby for nine months and then we let go and release. Like all around us, even seasons, you know, teachers, life is this constant ebb and flow. So even when we're not bleeding, that that still is happening within us. Um, and then for the ladies that are bleeding, it's kind of this charting kind of um, just getting to know your cycle. And it's incredibly wise. I have found that um, I used to have days where I would get a little bit of pain in my inner summer. And I was thinking, God, I'm not ready for my period yet. But actually, I get pain during ovulation. So that's a common theme throughout the month for me. I There's certain days where I am ridiculously productive. So now throughout the month, I make sure that, you know, the days around what I, what the, um, the day I think that that's going to be, I try not plan anything because I know I'm going to get loads of work done from home. Mm-hmm. But equally, I know in my inner autumn phase that there's a couple of days where I just feel really, really down and depressed. And, but I allow that to filter through me. And that's an indication that, you know, um, it's bringing things to the surface that I haven't yet dealt with. So it's, you know, this constant cycle of evolving and, you know, allowing that calling to work through us of, of what we still need to work on and how do we evolve to that next spiral. And it's almost, um, I like to think of it as riding the waves and yes. <laughs> the waves. Because if you imagine, I'm, I kind of think of it if I was in the sea or something and the waves were crashing down on me, but I was consistently like pushing back at them and trying to fight or swim in the direction of the, the current in order to not be pushed and, and um, bashed by them. Mm-hmm. In the comparison of just being like, I'm going to ride this. I'm going to be whatever this wave is or however strong it is or wherever it's taking me. If I simply stop the resistance to, you know, to deny, let's say on this, on on the cycles of our, um, of our hormones, the emotional frequencies, if you deny that and you, you um, push back on it, it's just going to come in more intensely, more intensely, more intensely. So if you could just start to ride with all of those things, things become a lot more sweet and in flow. And you move through those times that perhaps you are very emotionally charged. And like you said, feeling depressed Mm -hmm. and down, but you're not caught in that because you're allowing yourself to ride the wave of it. So you then will move in to the next cycle. Oh, I absolutely love that way that you've just described that. It's so spot on. 
it really is Mm. yeah so such a lovely way of putting it and it's allowing you know rather than you know not allowing our emotions so like emotions that we deem as bad so like anger like jealousy um kind of you know feeling sad or down rather than thinking they're bad emotions I don't want them it's sitting with them and allowing them to flow and process through you because that's when we allow them to kind of do their role you know hear what they have to say and release them but if we're blocking them we're actually holding on to them in the body which you know can manifest as we know as as different distances within the body yeah yeah oh and I'd like to just thank you so much for all of that amazing information like I am beaming like I said from Uh. (laughs) just being able to like I essentially feel like I've been on a, a Vicky Williams um, workshop and I'm just listening like, whoa, this is great information. Um, <laughs> but if anyone wants like more information, um, I just wanted to give you the chance to just talk about maybe ways in which women can get hold of you if they've got any questions mm-hmm. around um, perhaps endometriosis or their own cycle and tuning in and and, and getting into the rhythm of of like them them as a woman um how should people contact you where can they find you absolutely so i'm on instagram as vicky williams and it's vicky with an ie um or people can get in contact with me through my website which is vickywilliamsyoga.com and if anyone does have any questions about their cycle or yeah how they can work with it if anyone has any questions about if they're living with endometriosis or even if you you sense that there's something kind of not quite right and you haven't got to the bottom of it yet I'm more than happy to to chat with people because I know it's a very and can be a very lonely journey to begin with um and if people are interested in the yoni kind of yoga so the yoga where we work in terms of seasonal cycles or finding out more about the inner seasons then I'm going to be running a second Yoni Yoga workshop at Remind Studio, hopefully in October time, so in autumn. Um, So if you're interested, drop me a note and I can keep you updated with that as well. Mm, Yes, and I can vouch for Vicky in terms of the way that she runs amazing gatherings because that's what we've been up before in the past and she's an incredible teacher and just yeah just radiates this like I'm sure you can tell from from the words that she's been um using and the stories she's been telling and weaving for us through this podcast but she's just so um wise and has so much amazing thank you and just delivers that in a really like soft and feminine way you know it's just like it's almost like your teachings just just filter in rather than like shit I gotta take notes <laughs> it's like it just oh. into you so yeah please go and and visit if you're in London um Vicky for one of her gatherings and if you're not in London I soon to be have an online course which I'm working on at the moment so yeah hold that space <laughs> yeah, amazing I can't wait for that course to come out I'm gonna be on it myself <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and um yeah is there anything else that you want to say before we before we leave do you know what I think there always is because I'm sure me and you could talk about this for hours and hours but I'm very conscious of everyone listening Christmas time and we'd still we'd be in the actual winter flow <laughs> oh I know and do you know what it's funny because a lot of my conversations revolve around kind of endometriosis or periods or cycles these days and I've even got my boyfriend <laughs> which is so funny he's so aware of my seasons at the moment and I think the other day I was kind of uh well about a week ago getting a little bit agitated and he's like messages me when 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 doing he's yeah so in tune with it and do you know what it's actually completely transformed like a partnership because for them to it empowers them to kind of know when they need to support you a little bit more or when they need to leave you alone or 
So I really do encourage not just the women listening to this, but also the men listening to this. Uh, you know, everyone's been asking for a guide to women for all these years. And the menstrual cycle really is it. It's the mm. biggest predictor of our energies and ourselves. And, and it brings so much harmony to relationships as well. So I will leave you on that thought. <laughs> oh, I love that. It was so right. It's like men are from Mars and women are from Venus. It's like, mm-hmm. no man, just follow our, our, um, our hormonal cycle and you'll exactly. get it a lot better than you already do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just repeat for me, what did your boyfriend text you? Because um, the internet did like a, a, a weird spaceship thing. What did Oh, a little cut out. Um, so he just messaged me because we're huge Game of Thrones fans as well. And he just messaged me saying winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bless him. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool that he takes note and he, he's interested. I feel he's a yeah. good one. He is. He's a keeper, <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, thank you so, so much for, for joining me and everyone else who's listening. Um, for those who are listening, if you like this podcast, please, please, please do share on uh, social media or with your friends that you know would benefit from it. And um, if you're on iTunes, please do leave a review and comments because with those reviews and comments, it just allows this um, podcast Conversations with Pussy to grow and to reach more and more women um, and who could really benefit from, from these, these messages and these words. Um, yeah. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I post really, really regularly, um, about all sorts of things, but mostly it's like pussy empowerment and sexuality as a woman. And, um, my Instagram handle is grace underscore, underscore, underscore Hazel, which is H A Z E L. Um, yeah. And any feedback that you have about the podcast, I'd love to, to, to hear about it. And, um, so I can forward it on to Vicky, or if you want to directly contact Vicky to forward that feedback on, um, go for it as well. So, yeah, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in and yeah, I will be with you again on a podcast soon. Thank you, everyone, as well. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.